0: Hi, my name is Jonathan Darty, and I'm the founder of Gateway to Freedom, and I used to be addicted to porn and sex. Gateway to Freedom is our workshop for men who want to overcome any kind of sexual struggle or stronghold. It's conducted over three days in a safe, private setting with professional counselors and experts in dealing with sexual brokenness issues. Now, space at each workshop is limited to ensure the highest quality of personal attention, and the workshop is available throughout the year in several locations around the United States. Hundreds of men over the years have found hope and healing through Gateway to Freedom, and I believe you can too. Our next workshop is coming up November 1st through the 3rd in Florida. You can register by calling 1-800-49-PURITY. That's 1-800-497-8748 or by visiting BeBroken.com. Good day, listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan, and I'm here with my friend Stephen Cervantes. So yes. how are you doing this morning? Glad to be here. Happy.
1: You know, it's a good day. And it's another I, Friday I, where you and I get together. and I'm ready, for, I'm ready for
0: some fall weather. You know, I think it's always funny when we hit like August, September time frame here in, in South Texas how if you look at the 7 to 10 day forecast, they always tease you in like the oh. seven, eight, nine, ten 10 days of like temperatures 10 degrees cooler. And then by the time that day rolls around, it's like, no, it's still 100 degrees. Still. <laughs> so they keep teasing us about better weather. But, yeah. um, well, listeners, I just want to – I really want to thank you for being listeners and viewers. And uh, yes. I especially – I want to thank those of you who've come alongside to help us financially. We are a listener-supported broadcast, so the only way that you're hearing us or seeing us is because we've had donors like you that have come along and supported this ministry. And I want to encourage you, as we are in the fall season of ministry, that's typically a time of year where a lot of our ministry efforts really ramp up in terms of travel and speaking and training and so uh, we have just increased needs financially during that time. So if you'd like to come alongside and partner with us and help us to continue to reach out and help to encourage, equip, and expand the Christian sexual integrity leadership community, you can go to our website at com and then click on the donate link. And we're so grateful for your partnership. Thank you. So, Stephen, we've, we've been, you know— for years now been really talking about emotional growth right i mean that seems to be kind of a drumbeat we keep coming back to it yes, over and over again yes. and, and you're you were telling me off air you want to promote like a new name for us or something like
1: i think we rebrand ourselves as the texas emotional training institute because that seems to be where we come back to because we love spiritual
0: work tempty
1: <laughs> <Or> te- <laughs> <laughs> that's good so the whole idea we love spiritual work we love emotional work and if you think about spiritual work it is emotional work yeah love and grief and right wholeness and oneness and it's emotional it's spiritual they they are they overlap they interweave because the one maker made the system right so mm-hmm. body soul and spirit right
0: yeah so, so yeah. this th- So in one of our previous uh, broadcasts, we had kind of given these pillars of like, what does it look like for the person who says, I don't know what to do or what to focus on or how to even begin to engage like emotional growth. And so we gave some kind of pillars, these concrete tools. But this time around, I think you wanted to do more of like a popcorn like, hey, Good. there's just lots of ideas, right? About how what yes. is what? What do these emotionally emotional connecting skills look like in in the real world? And so, why don't you? So
1: I just started writing thoughts down. So this is a collection of emotional thoughts. And the first one is: Did your parents practice emotional connecting? Did you see them holding hands, fighting, kissing, and making up, enjoying each other, playing? you know, whispering to one another, kind of pushing the kids out so they could hold their little union. Because if you saw that, then you have a bit of a template. We never blame our parents. We honor and love our parents. But but we don't want to be ignorant either. And some people out of ignorance will say, well, dad was perfect. Mom was perfect. Nothing wrong with them. They went to church. They love God. And it's like, no, that's ignorance. That's not honoring. Honesty is what we're asking for. What were your trainers like? Do you know their strengths and weaknesses? Because that's the environment you got trained in.
0: Yeah, and I think you know, like I'll I'll just share even in my personal experience. I think my parents. Uh, I never saw the difficult parts of their marriage. I think they they came from a generation that was, hey, you only you only show the good, like you only show right. the happy, you only yes. show the the yes. you know things that are going well. Yes. So while that was a I mean, that was a fine experience for me growing up. It didn't give me the full picture of like, what does working through conflict look like? What does some of the harder things about the harder emotions look like in a covenant relationship? Ooh, that's good. So I feel like I was... I had to learn a lot of that by trial and error getting married and then going, oh, my right. goodness, we've got lots of problems.
1: So I honor my father for his sacrifice and my mother, but mm-hmm. but my dad sort of disconnected lots of the time, just went off to be by himself, and mom had the kids and ran things, and and that wasn't a good model either. That was a very difficult model. That I love my dad. He was very sacrificial. He stood in the battle when I needed him, but he didn't know how to connect, and so— and so you're listening to a program, and why are you listening to this? Because you want to do better. You've, we all have to do better. It's not okay to stay in the ignorance. It's just not okay. This is life, man. we got to get in the game.
0: And I think that's it's good then at this point to remind all of us that this is about growth, right? Yes. So even if you had a childhood where, hey, we, I did see emotional connecting going on, well, um, there's still growth opportunities, right? No no parents were perfect. No right. family was perfect. We're not perfect. No, yes. So, we might, maybe you had an experience that caused you to start out your adulthood with a little bit more of a mature vantage point of what emotional connecting looks like. But no matter where you are on that maturity scale, there's always room there's for more growth. Right. And you're going to find somebody
1: and they're going to have quirks and bents to them and you're going to have to help them grow and you grow. Mm hmm. So growth and grace. Growth Absolutely, and grace, yeah. Right? You grow by grace. And so how much of your emotional training was loud? Mm. Was was one of your parents loud and sort of demanding and venting and telling you what bothered them and hurt them and disappointed them? And then did you repeat the pattern? Because it's like, you know what they're finding is that our brains don't know how to develop, right? So we literally copy our parents' brains. Yeah. And so that whole idea that your brain copied your mom or your dad's brain, you have this bent that comes pre-programmed. You go, why, why am I acting like my dad? Well, guess what? Your brain f- modeled itself that way. And here's the thing. That's
0: the design. <laughs> God designed it that mm-hmm. parents are to be the ones that instill the sense of identity and worth and value yes. into their children. It's meant to be generational like that. Now, we know that obviously sin broke the whole system. Mm. So therefore, there's distortions and distractions and uh, you know destructive elements that come into the design now. And I think one of these is, hey, if we were modeled, whenever you have something go wrong, blow up, get really mad, get yeah. really loud. Well, then you're right. It's going to imprint on you as a kid, and you're probably going to pick that up and carry it.
1: And if it wasn't loud, uh, did you learn the silent treatment? Because mm-hmm. some wives will come in and say, my husband would talk to me for three days when he's mad. I, can't, I cannot imagine how to be in the same house. <laughs> well, like, not you. yeah, You know, <laughs> right next to somebody, and it's just like for three days. I can do the silent treatment for an hour or two because I'm moody and grumpy. <laughs> but it's like, oh, I don't want to do that. You it's get tired cut. of it, well, right? It no you, fun. like, I like, like to talk. So how could you do that for three days? I want to enjoy my day. Yeah. How can I punish you by withholding me anyway. And I,
0: and I would put w- alongside the silent treatment, um, uh, like passivity or or avoidance. So the idea is it, it might not be silent treatment because I'm angry, but it's because there's conflict and I don't want to deal with it. And so I'm going to avoid or I'm just going to retreat. And you know what I mean? So I think that's right. all in the same category there.
1: And then do you overuse logic? because everybody has to solve problems. You can't grow up without solving problems. You gotta have solutions, you gotta fight through things. Everybody knows how to fight and, and speak and, and solve problems. You couldn't be an adult if you didn't. But sometimes we act we overuse logic like, okay, you got pain, okay, suck it up, okay, get past it, okay. So, sometimes logic is the wrong thing to
0: do. Well, and if you think about it, we're talking about emotions, right? Right. And the fact of the matter is, emotions do not follow the laws of logic, right? Yeah, I mean, you know,
1: it's interesting. I think they have their own sort th- of. Yeah, logic, there's a pattern, but there's it's a, not logic and reasoning. A, B, C, D, therefore E.
0: Yeah, I guess the I guess the way I would put it is is yes, they do have their own type of pattern or system yes. or structure. Yes, but they cannot be forced into like a neat little box. No, that's right. Where it's like it's going to it's gonna necessarily, quote-unquote, make sense.
1: Right. I'll cry for five minutes. I'll grieve for five minutes. I'll, you know, I've got this little pattern. Then I'll be done. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know.
0: And the thing is, I think it's important to recognize this, especially for the men, because we're probably more prone to overuse logic. Right. And this is where I think maybe a lot of our arguments and conflict can happen in our marriages is because we're trying— to put our wife's emotions into a formula yes, and it just won't fit. And so then we get frustrated and then our emotion of anger comes out or frustration. And I tell you what to do.
1: D- didn't I tell you what to do? <laughs> Did you do what I told you to do? You know what you need to do. Why don't you do it? Just dump that friend. Okay. They hurt your feelings. Just dump them. Yeah. That's what I do to my friends. Just dump them. It's like, what? Huh? Why are you talking like that? That's, that's that A B C D right. thing, Right. So, and do you talk too fast or go too fast or push everything along? Because some guys don't like to slow down. Yeah. Right? We might get lost. We might die. We may be in pain for three days, swirling around. Move, move. Stick and go. Move fast.
0: This is, this is my um, kryptonite. This is the <laughs> one that I still, oh my goodness, this is the one that probably trips me up more than anything because I think really fast. So I'm a really fast processor. So the thing is, I can see a situation, or I can, and I do this a lot even in our work. I come into a church environment. I'm meeting with a senior pastor or something like that. They kind of lay out their structure, and boom, I can just see things really fast in terms of, well, hey, if this shifts here and if you integrate here, blah, blah, blah. And uh, that doesn't work so well at home <laughs> <laughs> with a wife. Who's because to it's figure like figured it out
1: herself. I'll just go into to answer, I'll right. go into
0: fast mode of like well boom 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 these things and then it's just all good, right? And so fast with logic don't always oh, you know, don't always go well. That's and emotional a, growth. That's a that's a,
1: a, a formula for failure. Yeah. Go fast and, and have logic.
0: The irony is that the faster you go. The longer it's going to take for you to repair that damage,
1: because <laughs> <laughs> we had the first problem. No, we have a second yeah, problem. Yeah, exactly. Good. That's good. Uh, do you feel that you have to be strong all the time and right and have the solution? Or is it okay if the world's sloppy and emotions are sloppy and there's no neat end? It's sort of, we just go as long as we need to go and then we're done and we do the next thing. It's it's not clean.
0: I think this is especially hard for people who have a high sense of justice, like a need mm, for justice. And while that's a good thing, I mean, yes, God is a just God, right? We're made in his image. We should be grieved and angered at things that are unjust. There is a... When we're talking about emotionally connecting, right, there's a point at which we have to realize, hey, we are not sovereign over outcomes. Right. We can't control other people. There are things that are simply unjust in the world mm-hmm. that we're not going to be able to solve, certainly not fast. you know So there is a sense of being at least at ease with the messiness of the world and relationships and circumstances and all of that. that's true.
1: And then, then you turn it over to God, right? Mm-hmm. You say, yeah, you got to help us here. So do you feel the need to tell people what you think? Because some people get in conversation, they can't wait to talk and tell, well, I read this. Uh, someone said that.
0: Uh, yeah. Let me just tell you. I'll tell I have you, to I, t- <laughs> I have to tell you this. I, I'm doing it right now, right? <laughs> no, uh, uh, listeners, you need to go look up on YouTube uh, Brian Regan's bit <laughs> on me monster. So it's Brian Regan R E G A N and his me monster bit because it's exactly what you're talking about. So like let's do a little bit here too. Well, just thing. the idea of yeah, yeah you you finish now me. You know, just like okay, yeah, whatever me. You know, it's just like it's it's got to come back to me. I've got to always be the last uh, word. You know? Can we pause
1: this program? I want to go watch it now. <laughs> So I was listening to this um, this guy that does a podcast. I'm terrible with names. I can't pull him up right now. I'd give him credit, but but he's saying uh, all men struggle with confidence, and then he just rolls on talking. And I thought every now and then I got to hit a podcast and stop and mm-hmm. sort of digest that thought.
0: All men struggle with confidence, and I thought
1: that is true.
0: Yeah. I, I put it this way, and I've said this for years. Especially working with so many men, um, the male ego might be the most fragile thing on planet <laughs> Earth. And it's really that confidence issue, right? Uh. We, and even in in many cases, I often feel like we have a tendency then to so overcompensate. Yes, you know. So we'll highlight one area of our lives where we feel super competent in, in order to just kind of distract from all the other areas where we feel completely incompetent you know
1: <laughs> it's funny because i say i'm really good at one thing and not good at a lot of things is that is that healthy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because this is like to do everything well is like impossible right? right so you might as well figure out what you do well and do it but you're saying if you oversell it or over push it or
0: i think or i think what we it. tend to do when i talk about overcompensate is we're trying to ignore and mask the reality of our fears and our anxieties and our lack of confidence in other words we don't want anybody else to know that truth that all men have a confidence problem we don't want to we don't want anybody to know that yeah um That's right. And so
1: loud people are loud and quiet people are hiding and you know what I mean? And then it's kind of dangerous because if you show your weakness, people make fun of you and laugh at you and label you. It's like it's tricky to. to But that's what we're talking about here.
0: Right. Is emotional connecting skills. And one of the things that's going to have to be part of that is we're going to have to have some people that we can connect with about our confidence issues. Yeah, that's right. About and our own and fears. And, with, right. You're yeah, I'm not absolutely. saying that. I don't want listeners to think out there that I'm saying, hey, if you've got confidence issues, you need to go post on your Facebook page about all of your fear issues. Like, yeah. No, no, no. We we need to have safe people that we can do that with.
1: One of the, one of the guys said, I get up every morning and really – work hard to be adequate.
0: <laughs> I like that. I thought I like that. Hey, Maybe man. You
1: can just be adequate today, you know? It's too hard to be a super this or super that. I just want to work really hard every day to be adequate.
0: I was having a conversation with a guy just recently, and one of the things that I was encouraging him was, because because shame can be such a debilitating thing right. to our emotional yeah. and psychological system. Absolutely. And I said, celebrate every victory no matter how small it is mm. like can we get a mindset that says hey you were adequate today <laughs> praise god you know
1: that's a good thing that's it that's it uh men do not understand heart or emotional issues like we're task we're job we're right and then this emotional this other reality comes up and then we got to slow down it's funny to me how some guys will pretend they know like mm-hmm. when you're dating somebody or out social, you got to <laughs> act like you're so emotionally. Con- and then after the, I do, it's like, man, I'm glad that's over. worth I don't have to do that anymore. Exactly. Yeah. But it's like, no, it's like God may, God has a male, female side. He has an emotional and he has a, 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 a consequent judgment side and a, he aches for his people. Right. And he has a vision for his people. He's got logic and reasoning and emotion. It's. Yeah. Right? All of these pieces are who God is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where, again, emotionally connecting, right? A little bit of what we talked about in a previous episode was about emotional language, right? Yes. So part of understanding um, emotion is, is getting the language so you can pinpoint, how do I identify that emotion that I'm feeling?
1: And men struggle with shame. Mm-hmm. Wow, we see this all the time. I tell guys at the retreat, I say, if you— one, a 50% a fifty improvement in your system. Stop shaming yourself.
0: Mm, mm-hmm.
1: Because if you could get mo- most of the noise and the language of self-condemnation and unworthiness and
0: name-calling yourself, all the noise, man, you could get the system to rest halfway. And you know what? I really think, um, what do we tend to associate our shame with? We associate our shame with where we are broken where we're deficient where we've failed right Right. so what if we began to try to shift that language and say replace so instead of just yeah we need to stop shame right so that's one thing but i almost think you take it a step further and you say replace shame with the mindset to learn so like when your shame says you're stupid okay wait wait a second where did you where did you fail intellectually that then brought that shame what could you learn from that. So mm. let your shame almost be a trigger for what can I learn about the truth about who I am, the truth about how God's made me, the truth about where my strengths lie, mm. um, what might need to be corrected in that particular situation that triggered the shame. So have a learning mentality. We're talking about growth all the time, right? Right. I think if we replace shame with, I want to learn about me, I want to learn about life, I want to learn about God. Um,
1: So I want to play off that a minute because I was reading this line that I thought was really good. The author said, when somebody is angry, how about trying being curious Mm, about the anger? Yeah, Instead of being offended or lost or overwhelmed, just be curious. I wonder why you're so angry. And
0: would that apply to the shame statement also? Why am I tearing
1: myself up? Could I be a little more curious and helpful and useful?
0: Yeah, because I think that's a learning mentality, right? Curiosity is is learning. You want to learn something. That's good.
1: So one of the things we know at the core of this is that we don't know how to love ourselves very well. We don't run on love, and yet God is love, right? He made us to love. Mm -hmm. He redeemed us for love, right? He wants to be in a relationship so we can feel loved. But we don't love ourselves very well. We pick up all the stories of brokenness and all the labels we've been called. We have an internal dialogue of shame and a false identity that I'm stupid, I'm dumb, not like other people. We we have this terrible inner dialogue. And and we don't love ourselves very well.
0: And it's interesting. I think we fool ourselves in our Christianity when we think that we are loving our neighbor well when we don't love ourselves well. Yeah. Because we're actually commanded to love our neighbor as ourself. Yes. So guess what? If I'm not loving myself well, and I'm doing all these things from my neighbor, Mm -hmm. I'm fooling myself if I think I'm actually loving them well because I'm not coming from a place of wholeness in my own system.
1: Yes, that's right. You can only love them from a broken way if you're broken, right? Mm-hmm. From a sort of a selfish way if you run on selfishness or now, pain. Now I think
0: it's important at this point to to maybe, I don't know, make some disclaimers or caveats about this idea of loving yourself because I think that has been so misconstrued in terms yes. of what that can look like. I think we 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 have put that in the realm of of almost going to the point of selfishness yes
1: that's exactly what i was thinking and that's not loving yourself selfish self-serving greedy taking yeah this is this is me time and don't
0: even try to interfere with it. it's like we're still relational beings right so i think loving ourselves well is recognizing that self-care can have elements of solitude and aloneness and some of those kind of things but i think self-care also involves relationships absolutely So we need to have some people that we can just kind of let our hair down around and we can really just be authentic and receive something from them that our souls need.
1: Yeah. What I love about this ministry is, well, let me say my statement first, move from old emotional program to God's plan for oneness and love that flows out, right? And I love the fact that that, that we're, in the, we're, we're in the transformation business mm. because God's in the transformation Absolutely, business, right? yeah. And how do we transform from the old self? How do we die to the old program, right? How do we stop being like milk drinkers and move to meat eaters? It says, how do we do the maturity from the old man as best to the new man? How do we do the transformation? Because that's really all of these dialogues about that. That's the bottom line how do you take your old program all the bad parts of it and have them tr- be transformed so they're in harmony with the grand design
0: and the interesting thing that i think about that is even the language that's used in the scripture is absolutely relational notice in the in the new testament the apostle paul ta- tells us that we are to put off the old self and put on the lord jesus mm-hmm. it's not saying put on praying every day, put on reading your bible, put on it's not saying put on these practices, it's saying put on this person. Mm. There is the relational putting on of Jesus Christ. So even in that, it's like when you're talking about moving from the old emotional system to this idea of oneness, God's design for that is highly relational. When we put off the old self, we have a we have a very dysfunctional distorted relationship with ourselves that is selfish, that is self-centered, that is a taking mentality, that Mm, is, you know, hurt other people for your own good, to when we put on the Lord Jesus Christ, then those characteristics come out of that relationship, those characteristics of love, joy, peace, patience. Does that make sense? So it's still relational.
1: Move from self as the source, right, to God's love. And, and recognize that there's a grand design and work within that and let your desires and drives and motives ri- rise up from that grand design versus what we came up with children to yeah. survive, to be taken into pleasing, and to, to trying to get love. H- how do we move past that, that sense of bent, inappropriate sense of self to, to going to the Lord saying, look, I'm bringing you me. Mm -hmm. and I'm bringing the old program, and and can you help me here? Because I need a bigger, better one.
0: And that, to me, is the coolest thing about transformation in in this work that we do and in, in this ministry and in God's design is that we often think, especially in the ministry that we do, people that come to us are often thinking, how do I go from these bad behaviors to these good behaviors? And I think where God does his work, and what we've been talking about here in the emotional system and all that, is he says, let me actually take your misguided and misaligned desires, mm. and as you put me on, putting on the Lord Jesus Christ, guess what? His desires will transform yours. So in other words, when when the Lord desires justice, and he desires love, and he desires peace, and he desires— that can begin to actually transform your own desires where you begin to desire justice and love and peace. Does that make sense? So yes, it's kinda absolutely. like
1: absolutely I'm gonna play with that thought. That's really a good thought that as we put him on He begins to transform our us. own desires. That's good. So it's
0: not about it's not about me saying, um Yeah, I have all these wicked desires and I'm super selfish and all this kind of stuff. And then I just need to kinda I kind of need to take my Jesus pill today just to kind of mitigate these. No, it's like he wants to literally transform. It's a lifetime process, but he wants to literally transform these desires to where you don't want Mm. to do the things that you used to want to do. Right. And that's the thing that's been amazing in my own life is I'm obviously, I'm very much still in process, but, the what's happened over the last twenty years in terms of the things I choose to want to do now more than the things that I chose to want to do twenty years ago c- still blows my mind,
1: oh, how much a transformation, yeah, has and happened of course, then head. every
0: now and then it's like the curtain gets lifted, and it blows my mind how much more I need to grow, <laughs> but right. it's like and I think that's a good practice for us in our right. lives as we are as we are growing is do we take moments to pause every now and then and say. God, what looks different in my life today than it did five years ago? Yeah, where I've been. Relationally, spiritually, mentally. That's exciting. That's the growth journey, right?
1: So I want to close with two thoughts. Mm -hmm. One is the idea that it's time to live a disciplined life. Mm. Because you have two choices in life live a disciplined life or live a chaotic life. Right? And which do you think is more freedom? To eat uh, a healthy diet. And take care of your body, or to eat everything you want whenever you want to eat as much as you want and be chaotic, right? And so, how do you, well, what's a better way to live? Spend your money appropriately, or just spend all the money you want and borrow all the money and be, right? A disciplined life is a much freer life. There's freedom in that, yeah. And chaos, okay? So, that's one of my closing thoughts. And the other is, how about making a 40-day offering of purity to God mm-hmm. as part of a discipline? Because this is a sexual purity dialogue all the time, emotional, spiritual, sexual, emotional, spiritual, sexual. So how about you tell them, if anybody wants to practice some discipline, and make a 40-day offering of purity to God. How they do that?
0: Yeah, so actually I want to give you two resources that could be helpful. One is uh, is our 40 days of purity online course. And so actually if you just went to uh purelifeacademy.org, that is our online training platform and that course is on there. But also, we have uh, finished up a seven-part series on emotional training for men. And that can also be, and those are video webinars that uh, you can get access to, and those can be found if you go to our puresexradio.com website and click on the webinars link, then you can get access to all of those uh, previous webinars and go through that. And I'd say, I'd say like, like Stephen is saying, take 40 days to really kind of digest that and unpack that. And then just see what God does. I believe yeah. he's, he's in the transformation business. So right. he takes every little offering that we give to him and he can multiply it and make it something great. So listeners, we are glad that you've been with us. We're out of time, but we look forward to having you back here again next week on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Keep, Keep growing. Take care. God bless. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.